<clears throat> so, um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Al Sullivan. Um, here with my lovely wife Yvonne Sullivan, mother of my children. <laughs> um, and we're from North Carolina. And right. we, uh, we came here last summer, and we uh, absolutely loved it, fell in love with it, because we grew up in Alabama, and we live in North Carolina. And if you don't, if you've never been down south, deep south, it gets pretty hot in the summer. We're like, wow, that was so different when we went up there. I've never had a summer like that. You want to do that again? She's like, you want to do that again? I'm like, sure. So, yeah. Uh, I also want to just thank Margaret for the uh, communion, and uh, that was wonderful, kind of being here with you, doing it for the first time, right? And it it kind of reminded me, when I uh, spoke here last summer, that was my first time doing a sermon. I was like, wow. So, yeah, it it will kind of rock you. (laughs) (laughs) So I also want to welcome any visitors uh, do we have any visitors for the first time? I'm seeing some new faces, but I don't know if that means they're visiting. <laughs> Not really? Okay. <laughs> good, good. Uh, I see uh, my barber in the audience. <laughs> Joe, good to see you, man. The first time I came here, and, and I think it was at Peter's house. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, there's a brother who cuts hair. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I was struggling because I couldn't find a barber. We were living in Plattsburgh. And, and then, then I went to the barber, and, uh, and I was like, Joe cut my hair. One of some of his other colleagues cut my hair. And then we started talking about church. And then he's like, wait a minute, what church did you go to? Right? And I'm like, boom, we realized we were in the same church. So, um, so we've, we've just been enjoying all of our time. I do want to acknowledge uh, Mother's Day, and just for all the moms in the room, um, it, just to say, you know, yeah, I mean, when I, I thought of, I don't know if this is appropriate, but I'm going to give it a try. I thought of this song uh, by James Brown. Did you see it? No, I can't. <laughs> and, and he said, it's a, it's a man's world, but it would be nothing without a woman or a girl, right? And, and what that made me think of is, because I do a lot of diversity work all over the country. And I'll be honest, I, um, one of the things we do at the beginning is we do, we do a lot of data assessment. Like, oh, what's working, what's not working for everybody. And I've never, there's one company I've seen in 15 years where women make more than men. One. In 15 years. And, and we disaggregate the data to say, okay, let's make sure they've been here the same amount of time, they're in the same job. They got the same degree. They got the same performance review. Shouldn't it, shouldn't it pretty much be the same? No, it's typically different, right? Yeah. So you see that, um, but at the same time, we know that without women, without the nurturing, without you helping us to conceive and bring life into the world, like where would we be without women? So just happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the room and all the moms to be in the room. Um, and also, deceased moms, right? Some of them have gone on to heaven. Uh, I know mine has. I know there's been some, some recent loss. Um, I, actually, I actually want us to just take a moment to pause and think about that and reflect on that.
imagine, you know, just the sound of their voice, the look on their face, some of the moments that we spent with them. Um, so yeah, it's just special. Um, I will say, uh, when Margaret was talking about how she was challenged to uh, come up and do communion, I will say I was challenged when Sue sent the message, hey, I want you to, I want you to preach on Sunday. And I want you to preach on the topic how God is like a mother to us. I was like, well, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> I'm not a mom. I have no idea, right? Uh, but I said, okay. I, I prayed about it. And um, I was like, okay, that's about me. This is not about me. This is going to be about us and what God wants us to hear today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I prayed about it and I asked God to uh, just give me some words, right, and some thoughts and and he did. So he placed a couple of things in my heart and on my mind that I want to share with everybody. So let's do this together. Um, so, yep, there we go. <laughs> right on time. So can we get someone to read uh, Genesis 1, uh, 27 to 31? So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food and it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So, I mean, as I thought about, well, how is God like a mother to us, right? And just the power. I mean, just think about the scripture we just read. I'm like, that is powerful. To be able to create life, to be able to create the earth that we're walking on, and to put it all together in such a wise and perfect way that it all works. Right? I'm like, that's powerful. And I'm like, well, how how is, you know, when I think about moms, when I think about women, like, what comes up for me in terms of the power that they have? Um, Turn to Proverbs 31, 1 to 15. And let me get someone to read that. One to fifteen? Yeah, one to fifteen. The saying of King um, Lemuel and inspired utterance is his mother taught him. Listen, my son, listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayer. Do not spend your strength on women. Yet the vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed, and deprive all oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty, and remember the misery no more. Speak up. For those who cannot speak for themselves, for the right of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. 
wife of Nova character who can find. She has worked far more than movies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She lets, she gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. Thank you for that. I actually meant uh, 10 to 15, but I'm oh, glad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize. For that, but I'm glad you did read that because it just it also points out how uh, you know King Lemio was a wise king, but he he got his instruction. And direction from his mother, right? So the mother providing that. But the whole point of that, though, is just think about all that women are kind of representing in this in the scripture. Now, one question I have is, when you, for the moms and the women in the room, when you read this scripture, right, ten to fifteen, all the stuff that you know you see this woman doing in this image, what comes up for you? How many? How do you feel when you read that? What comes up? Hard working. Mm-hmm. Hard working. Yes. Super capable. Super capable. Yes. Yeah. Making sure I'm not lacking in any of these areas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about in comparison? Have you ever has that ever come up for the women in this room? In comparing yourself to men? Not with my mom, actually. Yeah, it sounds like your mom. Yeah. Right. Super mom. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the thing is, for a couple of things that come up for me, you know, when I think about the power of a woman, right? You, you get this example, and some people might think, oh, women are, are they docile or are they taking a back seat or whatever? And you look at this example, like, wow, she's a realtor, she's a manufacturer, she's an importer, she's a farmer, she's a merchant, right? You, you got massive strength going on there, right? And not that she's, uh, you know, relying on her own power and strength is really about the character that you see there. It's really about her perseverance that you see there. It's really about her resourcefulness, right? Um, and I think that when you think about that and all that women do and all that they go through, right, in terms of creating a family, raising that family, nurturing that family, guiding that family, look at the fact that Adam and Eve, right, and, and the children that they had, their first son, when you think about the story of Cain and Abel, was a murderer. Right? And then women, as you're raising your family, sometimes things don't go the way you want it to go. Right? But when you even think about, well, what happened there with, with God when, when we fall away? What does he do? There's love. There's acceptance. Uh, he forgives us. And so sometimes moms or moms to be, yeah, things may not go all the way that you want it to go. But think about that example that God has given you, right? To continue to love, to continue to accept, to continue to forgive, especially when things don't go perfect. And what this reminds me of is my own mom, Dorothy Sullivan, right? Uh, think about power and an and example of power. I mean, they used to call her Dot T. <laughs> I have no idea what the T stood for. That's not her middle initial. But they called her Dot T. She's one of the strongest women, strongest examples of powerful women that I've ever seen in my life. Um, she raised the six of us, three boys and three girls, by herself, in Montgomery, Alabama. 
uh, deep south, right? I was born in 65, and I was the next to the last, so imagine everything happening before that, right? Um, she was able to go as far as ninth grade from an education standpoint. So not the privilege and the power of education and the deep south, raising six kids. And I will say, never went hungry, always had exactly what I needed, and stayed out of trouble, all six of us. And she single-handedly moved us from the projects, public housing, to the suburbs, with all of those challenges that you can imagine that came along with that, as a single mom. When I count the number of days that she complained or whined or talked about she couldn't do it, I come up with goose eggs. Never did. Never did. Sometimes working two or three jobs. So when I think about powerful women, yeah, she was powerful. So powerful that when I was in the uh, military, one of the things I did uh, was I went through ranger school. And ranger school is pretty tough if you haven't heard about it or know about it. I mean, you have food deprivation, you have sleep deprivation. Uh, it's extreme challenges. And you, you, you go to different places to do it, to complete it, over about slightly over two months. Uh, there's a woods phase, there's a mountain phase, there's a jungle phase, which you go to the swamps of Florida. And then there's a desert phase, and you go to the desert, and you do that. And, and, and you're under those extreme conditions, and you essentially have to lead yourself and others. And they kind of put you to the test. And I'll admit, the things that kept me going were the examples I saw from my mom. Think about some of those extreme challenges she had as a single mom raising six of us. And I think about the fact that I was the only black cadet in the country who was in that ranger class, class 1087, 1987. And it was challenging. I failed a lot of my patrols for the first time. I mean, they put you in charge and they watch you and evaluate you. You either get it done or you don't. And you know, sometimes it came up in my mind, like, hmm, is, are they failing me because I'm not doing it right or are they failing me because they don't want me to make it? That came up for me. And I, I remember this day that um, one of the ranger instructors uh, who was responsible for the cadets, they came out and watched one of my patrols. Because I think I was getting borderline, like, wow, I'm not passing my patrols. And I, and I sensed, I had this instinct, like, hmm, they're here watching me. And something clicked in me. I said, I'm not going to fail this. And I thought about my mother, and I thought about how she never quit. I thought about how she never complained. I thought about how she never made excuses. And I passed that patrol, and everyone after that. And I passed Rangers. First time ago, didn't have to get recycled. 60% of folks who go through Rangers school, there's a nutrition that they have to go back through it. I passed it first time. And so when I think about her character, right, and that never giving up, that never quitting, Regardless of what resources she had, regardless of what access she had, she just didn't accept failure, didn't accept quitting. And so when I think about moms, like, well, what, how do you, what's the application for moms today? 
Sometimes things are going to be tough. Sometimes things are going to be challenging. But you have to dig deep. You have to keep going. You have to keep being resourceful. We have to persevere through those challenges. And we have to never give up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that was my first point. You know, God is powerful. And women are powerful. I figured it out soon. I was like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> God is powerful. Moms are powerful. Women are powerful. Yeah, the, the second point is how God is all knowing. Can someone read um, Proverbs 139? Uh, I don't have an image for that. 139, uh, verse 1 through 18. Proverbs. I mean, not Proverbs, Psalms. Oh. Psalms 139, 1 through 18. Excuse me. Psalm 139, 139. Go ahead. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You have me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too awesome for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light became night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. The darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Why did count them they would outnumber the grains of sand? And that's awesome. Yeah, God knows us. He knows us deeply and He knows us intimately. And He also knows the, the plans that He has for us, the blessings that He has for us, and He knows what He's trying to teach us, which may feel hard and challenging sometimes. But He knows, right? Um, and I thought about, well, wow, what does a mother know? Right? And the fact that he gave you the ability to help life to grow and be conceived inside of you. I was like, wow. And, and I think that moms have this ability, you know, with this life growing inside of you, to really feel more deeply. Right? And not scientific, but just my thinking. Because everything that you do with that life growing inside of you, there's a reaction. 
What did I eat? Oh, what's happening to the baby? What did I drink? Did I get enough sleep? Am I taking good care of myself? And how's that impacting the baby? So you have this ability to, to feel deeply there, right? And you have that connection. Now, I'll confess that I've uttered the sentiment to my lovely wife. Thank you for being too sentimental. <laughs> about this or about that, about the children, about, you know, whatever the case may be. And I was like, wow, imagine what life would be without deeper sentiments. What's the opposite of a deep sentiment? Anybody? Like if I'm feeling deeply and sentimental, right, and emotional about something and at my heart level, what's the opposite of that? What comes up? What's that? Indifference. Indifference. What else? Apathy. Insensitive. What else? Apathy. I don't even care. Right? Just think about the opposite of being sentimental. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I actually pulled out Google also, Margaret, and things came up. It was like um, cold, hard. Uncaring, harsh, unromantic, and hard hearted. I was like, yeah, we need sentiments. <laughs> we need emotions, right? Um, so, from a, from a mother's standpoint, I mean, so I, I just think that this is a gift from God. To have, I mean, where would the world be without that? I mean, we're seeing some of that right now play out in our world. You think globally about some of the hurt, some of the pain, some of the suffering, right? Like, wow, what's in your heart to do that to other people, right? Um, but when you, the, the thing that I think um, mothers, when you when you have that deep connection, you have that feeling, right? Just to be prayerful and to be patient and to continue to wait on God. And he'll direct your steps. He'll get you through those challenges, right? But we've got to be prayerful, we've got to be faithful, and we've got to wait on him. Now, um, brothers, I'm not going to leave you out on this one. I want you to repeat after me. Here's a couple, three, three lines that I want you to say, and say it loud. Please forgive me for saying or thinking... That you're being too sentimental. I need your loving sentiment. Let's say that last one again, like you really mean. I need your loving sentiment. I need your loving sentiment. Thanks, Ranger. Now, brothers, that's your one get out of jail free card. The rest is up to you. Keep that going, okay? Uh, so that's my second point. You know, God is all knowing, right? Uh, and and he, has, he has those instincts. I thought that picture. Mothers, mothers have that natural instinct to be sentimental, to be emotional, to take care. They don't have to be taught to do that. I mean, it's just so natural, even in the animal kingdom, right? And we have much higher conscious and thinking ability. So I mean, I just thought that picture. Um, 
So, God, third and final point. God is love. Let's look at that. Um, turn to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. And when you get there, someone read that for us. Go ahead. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envious. Love does not brag. It is not puffed up. It is not rude. It is not self-serving. It is not easily angered or resentful. It is not glad about injustice, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Absolutely. Love is sacrificial. And when, when we read God's description of love, I mean, that just melts me every time I read that. Because it is so not, it's about me. It's so not, what do I want? It's more about what sacrifice I can make. And I even remember, I mean, we've been having mass shootings all over our country. And, and a recent one, I heard the story of uh, women throwing themselves over children and being killed so that the child would live. Right? I mean, talk about sacrifice. And, and not even thinking about it. Someone busts in here and starts shooting, and, and boom, that for that to happen instinctively. I mean, wow. Um, and so, Sue, I'll, I said jokingly, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? But I was like, yeah, uh, I, I, it, I, it got there for me in terms of uh, God being like a mom to us. Because just like Margaret went to John 19. Let's go to John 19, 25-27. Exact mm-hmm. same scripture, actually. Mm-hmm. But this is when it, when it clicked for me, when I read the scripture. John 19, 25-27. Can someone read that before us? Hello? Near the cross of Jesus stood his mom, his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, the disciple whom he loved, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to that disciple, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. And so, Jesus was, he knew he had to do the sacrifice he was making for the whole world. Why? So that we could have a personal relationship with God. But with that task, that challenge, that conviction on his heart and his mind and on his back, he paused. And go, hey, take care of my mother. So it's just like when, when, when Sue gave me that challenge, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I'm like, this scripture brought it home for me. I'm like, yeah. 
a mother will sacrifice. Right? And, and Jesus, as he's trying to save the entire world, paused. As if a mother would. And said, let me take care of this first. And I was like, wow. So, even in that example, and, and, you know, since Jesus was the elder son, instead of, and Joseph, you know, as I read, was probably had passed away by this point, instead of, you know, Mary just going back to one of Jesus' other brothers, he told John, one of his disciples who was there with him at the cross, to take care of him. He knew he would. <clears throat> right. And so before my mother passed away, I assumed I had more time with her. Right? I was busy with our young family. Jobs, work, raising them, life in general. And I saw her as she was, you know, near the end. But if I could have been with her on that last day, at that last moment, I would have given anything. But I wasn't. And so what I want to ask you is, as you think about your mother, as you think about your siblings, your family, your friends, what is it that you know that you need to say to them? Right? What is it that you would like to do with them? What is it that you would like to say so that they know how you feel deeply about them? Right? And then the last question I'll ask you is, like me, saying I wish I could go back in time. Because you can't. We hadn't figured out time. <laughs> so think a take a moment to think about um, our moms, to think about our friends, think about our family members, and to think about having that connection with them and saying what we need to say. And think a moment about what you're going to do with that. And with that, I'll, I'll leave you with that. And just say, Happy Mother's Day.